G'day and welcome to Property Australia's favourite obsession. My name is Jeremy Cownan and we are here to talk about my favourite subject, property. And today I've got Omar Muljali from Examine Property joining me to talk about the difference between new and old properties. G'day Omar and thanks for joining me. G'day Jeremy, great to be here. Omar, there's uh, a lot of talk around, you know, old versus new, you know, uh, should we buy new or should we buy old? So I thought today we should spend a little bit of time and think about some of the differences between old versus a new property because they've both got advantages and they've both got disadvantages, don't they? There's not a one size fits all or one's better than the other. It's a it's a little bit of the yin and yang, um, you know. Um, so uh, can I ask you this, Omar, what do you think is the best advantage of buying an uh, an older property? Oh, the biggest advantage of buying an older property is that um, it's there, it exists. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can inspect it, um, warts and all. Um, it's probably the, the biggest advantage. Probably second is that you can value it. You can sort of get a price on it or you can hire a professional or your, your bank will send out a, a valuer that will compare, you know, similar properties that have been sold in the last, you know, six months in the, in the area and, and put a number on it before you commit to buying it. That's a really important point though, isn't it? Because as emotional beings you know, we do have an emotional attachment to property. That's part of what this podcast is about. We love to be able to touch and feel it, don't we? We have a, a, a certain connection to property. So, you know, we can't ever underestimate that emotional attachment that, uh, that we do have to, uh, uh, to property. Yeah, tangible. It's there. It's, um, you can, like I said, you can see it, hug it, touch it, um, visit it. So um, a bit different to sort of other investments like shares and and stocks and managed funds and um, ETFs and you you name it. Or even we can put some new properties in that category, can't we? That um, a lot of people struggle buying a new property uh, because, you know, especially before it's constructed, because it's simply just lines, you know, architectural lines on a piece of paper, and it's very difficult for them to imagine and and envisage what that property might be like and how much room will be um, in a particular space and how they would walk through and fit furniture, et cetera. Yeah, that's that's true. That's why they, you know, they spend a lot of money building these display homes and display suites for apartments and, and whatnot so that people can go in and sort of visualize the the finished product and um, look at you know similar designs and and tweak things so they can you know have a look at uh, something that's there that's tangible that they can touch to compare it to what they're going to get um, at the end of the process. And another feature that we have um, when we do buy an older property is um, you know often they come standard with uh, period or heritage style features, don't they? Yeah, they've got a bit of character. Sometimes you know heritage uh, um, and history behind it. Um, period features so yeah definitely for certain properties um, depending how, how old they are they've got um, those characteristics that you know sometimes they can be re- replicated in, in a new property but generally at a sort of substantial cost so um, you can't really authentically create that uh, character mm, mm. I know that's certainly the case here um, you know in SA that uh, there's a lot of period homes that, um, you know, do have uh, an enormous amount of character and try to reproduce those 
uh, the period features uh, is particularly expensive. And another characteristic, I guess, maybe not throughout all of Australia, but you know, with a lot of um, older homes, they are made of a solid construction, aren't they? There's a lot of you know brick and hard plaster, etc. Whereas um, you know new homes tend to be brick veneer, um, a lot of uh, cement sheeting that's used, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and other sorts of claddings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's sort of changed. The construction methods uh, have changed, but also the technology's changed. So, you know, in, in, in those periods, they built double brick because it gave you good insulation, mm. um, you know, kept it cool in summer and, and warmer in winter. And, um, you know, it was just the most solid type of construction that they had at the time. But now with new technology, you know, you can go brick veneer and um, insulate the property. You know, there's, um, you know, products these days are, are stronger in, Stronger than brick and um, and concrete, uh, lightweight, um, easier to build, and also the labour costs of es- you know escalated, uh, material costs of es- escalated, and you know costs of that the government wants to deliver the infrastructure and the levies that you pay. So the costs of construction are significantly higher. So they're always looking for you know cost savings, and you know that'll change in the future with robotic bricklaying and mm. all this new technology prefab um, at the moment. Um, you know, all these that are coming into the market doesn't mean they're sort of um, inferior, it's just, just different. And at that time, they that was the way to, to insulate it and, and um, you know, bring it up to, up to standard. Well, that's a really good point because, you know, as you said, the, the new technologies and the, the new um, accepted methods uh, and standards of buildings have definitely improved over time. Um, uh, you know, you, you cited the case um, previously um, about uh, a water pipe issue that you had in one of your rentals. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I had an you know, older house that, that I owned and um, the tenant would ring me and say, you know, there's all water gushing under the house and the water's leaking. And it's probably weeks after it happened because the water bill was sort of uh, through the roof. But um, the way they used to do the plumbing with the copper pipes is they used to run them along the ground instead of tying them up you know, with brackets and whatnot underneath the house on the on the timber and on um, to the subfloor. Um, and as you know, you turn on the tap, turn it off, the pipes would move, and then slowly, slowly over time, that friction and rubbing of that copper pipe would, would thin it out, weaken it, and then all of a sudden um, it started to blow. And the problem was is once I got a plumber in, they'd fix it in one area that'd create pressure and there was another weak point somewhere else where the, the rubbing had thinned out the copper and then that would blow. So in the end, it you know it cost me you know, thousands of dollars to get that to get that repaired and sort of brought up to the modern standard. So um, you know obviously you could replace it with similar copper, but just the technology, the the um, intellectual sort of property of the time um, today is that you know you tuck them off off the ground because mm. obviously there's been issues with that in the in the past. And um, say so sometimes it could be something simple, just a, a way they used to construct or uh, the way they used to do things, um, probably not the best way. And, and you're absolutely right with regards to that, that now, you know, there's best practice construction methods. There's all sorts of code that needs to be um, adhered to. Um, you know, a lot of houses, certainly pre-1960s, um, there was a lot of owner builders that went on. So some of the, you know, construction quality is probably, um, you know, a little bit um, maybe not as good as it, it could be. And as you said, that leads to not only, um, well, just in your situation, the issue with the water pipes, but it can lead to much higher maintenance costs um, for an older property. Yeah, it is dated. The kitchen's old. Um, I think we were talking about 
out of it before, like just fire sta- um, standards, especially like in apartments and, and things like that. Um, you know, more up-to-date fire standards. Sometimes they've got to upgrade the lifts, upgrade the fire doors, um, you know, sort of intercom, uh, garage roller doors. There's a you know, whole list of sort of new technology. And not just that, just that the place is ageing. Like that kitchen will need to be replaced eventually and the carpet and um, pretty much everything. So, you, you know, everything dates, everything sort of has an expiry date eventually. So especially with fixtures and, and fittings. So it might be double brick, but you know, a lot of the um, interior and you know exterior features um, will date and age and, and need replacing. So um, I guess that's probably one of the, the, the key disadvantages of, a, of a, an older property. And that certainly leads into one of the major advantages of a new property, isn't it? Is that you do get those up-to-date features you get those um, up-to-date, you know, technologies, as you said, lifts, security systems, intercom, air conditioning. Um, you get the latest finishes, uh, etc., which is all, you know, very um, uh, desirable for tenants. It is, yeah. Generally, um, not just that it's low maintenance and it's sort of the latest, and it's also just attracts um, tenants. So if you tenants obviously are willing to pay more um, for a newer property, so you will get. At least initially, for the first few years, a higher rental return than you than comparable sort of older older properties. But everything's up to date. Um, people feel safe. Um, you know, there's there's a whole list of um, sort of advantages. Also, efficiency. Um, you know, in terms of uh, not just in terms of electricity and gas usage, and you know, heating the place and, and whatnot, but um, pretty much from from every every aspect. And that, of course, leads to much lower levels of ongoing, you know, initial maintenance for a for a new property. Um, and of course, you've got the the builder's warranty that sits as well, um, you know, giving some assurance. Yeah, generally you've got that, you know, six seven year um, warranty unless you're in New South Wales and the building's above four levels. But we won't get into that too much. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, like you, you've got the warranty, you've got. Um, you know, like less maintenance, um, you know, less things to go wrong. They're not aged and, you know, the pipes aren't uh, old and are going to explode. And um, so that's one of the, you know, key advantages. I get a lot of, um, you know, especially investors that have had multiple properties, you know, they just don't, they see the headaches, um, you know, even things like, you know, getting the tenants to mow the lawn and look after the, you know, they'll probably mow the lawn, but they don't look after the gardens and, mm. and whatnot. So that's, you know, low maintenance, hassle-free type properties, um, and that's actually when when they do research, one of the the key things that property investors see as a risk, as a, as a negative, is you know that people trash their property or their property will just continuously suck money out of them, fixing things up. So it's one of the um, key concerns of of property investors um, in Australia. I guess that leaves probably. The big one, the big advantage, isn't it, for 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 new properties, um, which I'll call them government incentives. Um, you know, obviously the government wants the construction industry to be buoyant. It it, it wants you know um, it's a it's a major employer um, of uh, of the Australian um, population. So you know, there's all sorts of government incentives um, to purchase as well as um, to actually hold investment properties as a landlord. Yeah, generally most of them are first-time buyer incentives. Um, sometimes there are incentives, especially in um, sort of, you know, when there's a major recession, like a you know financial crisis or whatnot. Um, sometimes the government can throw incentives at, at investors to 
to, to buy new property and increase the property supply. But yeah, most of them are aimed at first home buyers. Um, so it is an advantage to to people that are you know buying to live in, in that it boosts their deposit. Um, but as we know, Jeremy, that leads to mm. sort of higher land values because that's just sort of passed back in to the landowner, and which also affects the secondhand property. And and we've seen that happen um, recently with a lot of the incentives have sort of um, you know created an advantage in that you know that people have bigger savings, which is a major problem in Australia, just saving enough with the price of property um, to get that deposit. But um, it can have sort of knock-on effects as well. But yeah, definitely, if it's there. You might as well grab it. Um, what about the biggest incentive of them all? Um, depreciation and, of course, um, the deductions that uh, that go along with owning an investment property. Yeah, that's sort of come to the forefront with um, sort of the reduction in the ability to claim for fixtures and fittings or um, plant and equipment that, that happened on secondhand property. So, yeah, depreciation is a, is a major benefit. That's just getting a tax write-off without having to write a cheque. So, you know... People understand that if they pay council fees, then you know obviously that's tax deductible. But with depreciation, you're not paying anything. Um, you're obviously paying for it when you when you buy the property up front. Um, but it's a tax benefit that you get without having to write a check. And and when you look at cash flows um, on a on a property, it's you know, fairly especially for new property, it's it's fairly attractive, um, especially for higher income earners. It's absolutely very attractive, isn't it? It makes. Um... Owning and retaining um, residential property, um, you know, very um, adventurous to um, uh, for investors. Uh, it's one of the one of the great lurks of being a landlord. Getting the the taxpayer to help you pay for that property. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. It becomes three of you paying off the um, uh, any debt, doesn't it? The, the the tax department, of course, the tenant, um, and. Um, in some cases, you may have to chip in a little bit yourself. In other cases, um, you might get a free ride completely. Nice when other people pay it for you. So, um, exactly you right. do that with you <laughs> So let's wrap it up there, Omar. Of course, it's really important for you as investors to you know stop and think uh, about those advantages and disadvantages of, of buying old compared to uh, new properties. Um, you do that, of course, uh, for a living, Omar, helping people uh, make those decisions and make those evaluations, don't you? Yes, we do, Jeremy, and we're really good at it. And I just want to, yeah, tell people just to be careful because a lot of the new property is overpriced. So um, they don't just go buy new property because of the, you know, advantages. Um, you need to make sure, you know, it's priced accordingly um, and you're not over, overpaying um, for it in, yeah, in any market, especially in a hot market. That's a very important point, as you said before. One of the advantages of... Um, a second-hand construction or an old property is that uh, you know you know what you're buying and you can value it much easily. Um, new construction often it's very difficult to find um, properties to to be able to evaluate it against. So valuations can be more difficult. And as you said, um, you know often developers will pick a price that they want to sell because that price suits them with regards to their cost of development and uh, profit um, compared to what is actually a reasonable price um, in the context of the market. That's for sure. So Omar, if people want to get in contact with you to uh, to have a chat about their property needs, how do they go about that? Yeah, they can just jump on our website, www.examineproperty.com.au and yeah, just submit an inquiry or um, call the 1300 number 
And yeah, we'd be happy to have a chat. It's obligation free where, you know, if you learn something and that saves you making a mistake, then that's, that's a win for us. Absolutely. Look, thank you a lot for, uh, for joining me, Omar. We'd, of course, love to help you too on your property journey. So if there's anything we can do um, to help you along, then please get in touch with us. Let's wrap it up there. That's old versus new properties. You've been listening to Property, Australia's favourite obsession. And my name's been Jeremy Cownan. And until next time, let's keep obsessing about property. Any opinions or recommendations expressed should be considered general in nature as they do not consider your personal objectives or financial circumstances. History and past performance do not guarantee future performance. Jeremy Cowan and Cowan and Flack Proprietary Limited are authorised representatives of PGW Financial Services, Proprietary Limited, AFSL 384713.